When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are you pulling your hair out trying to co-parent with a toxic or difficult ex-spouse? Then stay tuned. You don't want to miss out on these seven solutions. Remember when we were kids and we believed that anything was possible? We were going to be the first man or woman to do something really great. But then something happened. Something got in the way of living the life of greatness we know we were meant for. Well, it's now your turn to become the greatest version of yourself. And to achieve that, we will heal the hurt. Well, the first thing to realize in co-parenting in a divorce or long-term relationship that ended is it's incredibly difficult. So before I get into the seven solutions, The first thing I want to remind you of is give yourself some grace. I mean, first of all, we don't teach any of this stuff. Even if we did, we're all perfectly imperfect. We're human. We're going to make mistakes. So as I go through these seven solutions, you're probably going to hear some things. You're like, oh my God, I do that. I didn't know that was wrong. Or you may hear it and go, wait a minute, that's not wrong and get defensive. That's all very normal. That's part of the process. But I guarantee you, if you're willing to kind of challenge those long-standing old beliefs and consider it and actually put these solutions into place, you're going to see things are going to get a lot better, a lot more peace, a lot more quiet. And after all, that's what we want. And secondly, the most important piece, if you work these seven solutions, your kids have the best chance of succeeding and prospering through the end of a relationship when their parents separate, okay? So keep that in mind if you hear some things that maybe might tweak you a little bit, okay? The first thing to recognize in all of this is you can only control yourself. That's it. What gets a lot of people in trouble or makes it very difficult in, you know, when parenting splits up is they really don't like the way the other one does it. And they want to control it. They want to fix it. They think it's wrong. And, and that's the, that's, that, we'll call this a bonus tip because that perspective is generally how you play a part, if that's what you're thinking or feeling, how you're playing a part in the discord. When we separate, we've, we've lost control. We've lost input. We're now two separate households and we can only control how we parent. That's it. We don't have that influence we used to have in the relationship where we could have a discussion and go, hey, you know, I noticed the other day when you did this, kids kind of had a tough reaction to that. Can we talk about it? That's gone. You know, I, I, in, in most relationships. Now, I'm doing this um, podcast based on typical relationships, which there's usually heavy discord. There are those where everyone gets along great and they can have wonderful communication, but those are rare. If you're in one of those, wonderful. 
you probably are already doing these seven solutions I'm going to give. But if you're not in one of those, the first thing to recognize, the bonus tip is make sure you realize you have absolutely no control over what they do as a parent, how they do it. It's, and it's just out of your hands. And the more you try and change it, the more you obsess on it, the more you broadcast it on Facebook to your friends, the more detriment you're doing to yourself as a parent and to your kids. So that's the, the bonus tip is recognize you have absolutely no control over this process and that's okay. All right. The, the first solution in all of this and the single most important solution, it's why I put it number one is under no circumstances do you ever, 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 ever talk poorly about the, the child's other parent. Under any circumstances, I don't care what they did, if they cheated, if they, if they were abusive, you don't get into any of that. First of all, it's too much information. These are kids. They can't process it. it it's overwhelming emotionally for them. It, it damages them, okay? And so it's just, it's not appropriate for that. The other thing you have to realize is, as much as you dislike, hate, are angry, whatever word you want to choose at your ex, your kids adore them. That's their mom or their dad. Like, don't take that from them. Don't put them in the middle where they have to choose. That's the thing is parents don't realize this. Like I was at a dairy, this was what, about five, no, maybe seven years ago. I was at a Dairy Queen. I'd just gone for a walk, stop in, and I'm sitting outside. It was a beautiful day when I lived in Colorado, and, and I'm just eating my ice cream, and this father and son come and sit down, and there were just a couple, you know, it was outside, just like a table away, not far, like a table, you know, maybe 10, 15 feet, and this dad was just going off on how mom's always late, how mom does this and mom doesn't do this and dad has to do everything and dad pays for everything. Like he was just ripping the, the, his son's mother. And I could see it. The kid was just crushed. And this is happening to your kids too. If you do this or if your spouse does this, it destroys them. Even if it's true, it doesn't matter if it's true. You have to let go of that because a lot of parents, I hear them, they go, but it's true. They need to know the truth. No, they don't. They're too young. They'll figure out the truth when they're older. They'll discover that on their own. Let them go through that process. But he just kept berating them, berating his ex-wife and the child's uh, mother. And finally, I just, I, I normally I stay out of stuff like that, but I was in a relationship where an ex did that. It's called parental alienation. When a parent does that, what they're doing is causing a deep psychological wound in the child. And it alienates the child eventually because what it creates is something that's similar to Stockholm Syndrome, where the child realizes, oh my God, there's a threat. I need to attach to somebody. And so what they'll generally do, like the parent who's, that's abusive, the parent who's berating this, the former partner that way, that's really abusive. And so the child feels that abuse and feels tremendous fear. And so they will attach to this. 
the person who's berating the spouse. And so that's why a lot of times when I see and an adept psychologist and therapist recognize this, in a divorce, if the children are gravitating towards one parent, this parent is usually celebrating how much the kids love them and how they hate the ex. Well, in many cases, not all. In many cases, that's because this is the abusive spouse. And this happened in Stockholm. This is why it's called the St Stockholm syndrome is there was a bank robbery and they held all these captors. Well, by the end of it, the captors had surrounded the bank robbers as they left the bank. They had formed a human shield because when our life is threatened, we figure out, well, the only way to survive is they hold the keys to my life. So I'm going to attach to them. I think one or two of them actually married some of the bank robbers. Um, and so that's what's happening in a dynamic like this. So just because your kids seem to gravitate towards you, like I don't have enough information on your situation, but in many cases, that's because they feel threatened. It's not because you're safer. Now, there are obvious situations where the other spouse is, you know, purely crazy. But a lot of times I see this in a lot of these dynamics where one spouse is screaming that the other one is insane when actually it's their controlling nature, the way they disparage the spouse, how they're still angry at the imperfections and things that happen. And, and they're just going after the spouse. And so the kids naturally attach to that because that's their abuser. And so just like in Stockholm, they attach to their abuser. This happens all the time because it's a life-saving skill set that we use as humans. We will attach to our abuser. That's why it's so hard for domestic abuse people to leave. All right. It's a very common trait that we will, we feel our life is threatened. And so we try and get them to like us to save our life. That's what's happening. So it creates this tremendous psychological wound in the child. And so please, please never, ever, 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 ever say anything negative about the other spouse. You just don't go there. It's it that will that one tip like I could just stop right there. If you can do that, that'll have a tremendous impact on how well you both get along and how well your kids will adjust to, to this new dynamic, okay? That leads into tip number two. Those who generally are sharing a lot of details are, um, are putting down the spouse are also sharing a lot of details. Never, never, ever, ever share details of why the relationship didn't work. One, again, they're too young. It's, too, it's adult information. You know, so you have kids that are four, six, eight, 10, 14, 16 years old, and they're hearing how mom or dad had an affair or stole money or whatever it may be. Now, there may be certain circumstances where someone goes to jail or something like that, and you just say, you know, mom broke the law. And you know how the law works. And when we break the law, if it's severe enough, these are the consequences. But that's it. No more detail than that. And if they keep pressing you, this is because in my situation, um, the mother was saying lots of things. And my response was always the same. That's adult information. Both your parents love you. But that's adult information. It's your job to be a kid. And that's it. To smile, have fun and play. So is there something you want to play, something you want to do? Like it was all, that was 
always my response. Well, that's not true. Three times I was perfectly imperfect and I just went blah and blurted back how something was wrong. But I'd say I did pretty, pretty well over the, you know, the 10 or 12 years when they were young kids and all of that was going on. That was my standard response was that's adult information. It's your job to be kids. Um, that's between your mom and dad. We'll figure it out. I just, both your mom and dad love you. And that's all that matters, kids. Like I, and they would just hammer me, hammer me. But what about this? What about this? What about this? And I just over and over, that's adult information. I love you guys, but that's adult information. All right. Do not share those details. That creates another psychological wound. Sharing all that information. Here's the other thing it does. It makes the child feel responsible like they're in a relationship, like they're now there to love you and protect you. Well, they're a child. It's not their job to be a surrogate spouse to you and be an emotional support for you. That's your job as the adult to go get help or support groups or friends where you can vent all that frustration. I'm not saying don't vent it, but just vent it to the appropriate people. Your kids are not the appropriate people. They don't need that information. Again, we're not trying to create parental alienation where the kids have to pick one spouse over the other. We want them to love both of them. That's the healthiest thing for them. And if we love them, that's what we're going to do. We're going to try and do what's healthiest for them, not for us, because we want to get it out. See, that's the thing is we want them to know the truth. Well, who's that about? But what's our job as our parent? It's about them. It's the best thing for them. And this is the best thing for them. And that's why we do it. All right. Number three, don't use the kids as leverage. You'll see this a lot. I'll give you money if you let me see the kids more. Um, I'll show up on time if you do, you know, all these manipulations, um, holding the kids as pawns over it, showing up late, not showing up at all, all those types of things. Make sure, remember, all you can control is your side of the street. So even if your ex is doing, you know, those toxic, crazy things, Make sure you don't, because here's why. Your kids will notice it. And this is why you don't have to say a word. Your kids will notice it. They'll pick up on it. They'll come to you with the realization. That's why you don't have to tell them all this stuff, is by modeling how to handle it appropriately, you're teaching them, and they will naturally gravitate towards the one that's the safest. Eventually, there are periods like when they're younger, if this side, well, let me do it different. If this side is severely abusive, they're doing, you know, lots of parental alienation, sharing too much information, always disparaging. In the beginning, they'll join here because their life is threatened. All right. But as they grow older, what happens is they separate. They recognize because now there's more self-sufficient. They can make their own decisions. Their life isn't threatened because now they can go work. They've gone to school, things like that. And what ends up happening is they turn and they go, oh my goodness. And what you'll see is as they get older, they'll model the behavior that you showed. You'll see it. Like it's, it's a fascinating experience. If you're willing to be patient, and I mean really patient, it can take years and you're getting dumped on and all this stuff. But if you stick with it, I promise you, it turns. I've lived the experience. It turns and they recognize, oh, wow, we had it all wrong. 
It wasn't what we thought. And then you'll see when they have kids, they model your behavior, not this behavior. It's a fascinating transition. So I encourage you, please don't use them as leverage. Number four, never say my kids. They are always ours. Ours. Again, my is an alienation tactic. It's separating. It's forcing the kids to choose. We don't want our kids to choose. Even if our, our, our ex is right in a stage of life where they're heavily imperfect, like really imperfect. Maybe they're an addict. Maybe they're, you know, breaking the law, you know, lots of different things. But at the soul of every person is something beautiful. Your kids deserve to have hope for that beauty to resurface. And so we never want to separate them from the chance of that beauty and to see their, their, their birth parent as, you know, the, the soul of them as beautiful. And when we say my, we're severing that. We're asking those kids to make a judgment of this one's better than that one. Well, flip it around. How would you like that? Would you like them to have to choose? Of course not. You'd have this exact same response of, wait a minute, we should both be included in this. Okay, so that's why you do it again. It's, it's about the psychological impact on your child and their long-term health, their long-term growth and what's best for them. All right, so don't say my, say our kids. All right, this one's a little trickier. This one could be difficult for some people, but when your kids, especially in the beginning, Lots of parents want to call them when they, you know, when visitation starts happening, they want to call them every night or every morning to check in with them. Don't, please don't, 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 don't. Here's why. The children need a chance to get attuned and comfortable in each environment. It's an incredibly difficult process. Think of, you're an adult. And, and think of how chaotic it is when you move, right? And you're in charge of your life. You have a job. You can feed yourself like you. You have all the accompaniments, accompaniments, uh, you know the word, um, and abilities to take care of yourself. A child has none. And so when, when they go over to this house, it, they're in a whole new state. Even if they're six blocks away, to them, it's a whole new country. They've got to get familiar with the different friends, the different school system, all like the different shape of the house and, and the different rules and all of that. Well, then there's this reminder, this pulling back saying, no, come back here. No, I need to talk to you because that's what it is. Almost always it's massive codependence on this parent's part. They feel lonely. They miss them. Well, if that's the case, if that's, if that's what's happening to you, please don't call. Go get help. Go to CODA meetings, Codependent Anonymous meetings. Read Pia Melodies. Here, I have it here. Read Pia Melodies, Facing Codependence. Read her book, The Intimacy Factor. Those are severe signs of codependence. And, and all we're doing is, what we're asking is our children to be, this is kind of graphic, but it really illustrates it. We're asking our children to be an emotional tampon to absorb our emptiness, our fear, our loneliness, our sadness over the divorce and the new living situation. 
Well, think of that responsibility. They're children. Like, my God, that's overwhelming. That's not their job. It's like I always say, and this comes from Pia Melody, the umbilical cord is, the whole reason it's designed is to go in one direction. It's designed to feed our children. But in these types of dynamics, that's getting reversed. The parent is actually using the child to siphon off emotionally to meet their own unmet codependent needs. They don't know how to be an adult and, and find love and safety elsewhere, so they use their children. And so the calling every night is an example of that. Now it can be different. <clears throat> the kids may want to call. Okay. But even then, you, it, it's, it's healthy to encourage them of, hey, have fun at your dad's house. You don't need to call me. It's okay. I mean, you can check in if you like. That's wonderful. But have a blast over there. Like, really encourage yeah, but I hate it here. Well, I know. I know it's tough and the rules are different than here. But I'm sure if you talk to your mom, you guys are going to find a way out to do this. Like, I believe in you and your mom. You'll figure this out. See, that's constant support. You're giving them permission to love and accept this new home over here. Wouldn't you want that in return? Like, think of it. Maybe you have some ritual at 7 o'clock when the kids are there that you watch, you do game night or watch some show and yet the ex is calling at 7, stealing your time. Isn't that how you feel? Yeah, we feel like it's stolen. Well, that's why. It's because that, it's a power grab. It's a power move. I still got control. Well, remember the eighth, the bonus tip. Let go. Let go of control. You did the best you could to make the marriage or relationship work. It didn't work. The more you hold on to control, the worse it gets. And if you're doing that, this is how we play a part in adding to the difficulty and the toxicity within our partner. Because it's never, ever just one side. There are little subtle things, even sometimes very big things, where we're egging them on. We're both playing off each other. And so the key is... As I said, focus on yourself. Control what you can control. And if you're noticing that you do a lot of these things, again, grace, oh my God, I never knew. I never knew I was doing this. But now that I do, I'm going to put a plan in place to fix it. That's all. That's all it is. Don't have to beat yourself up. Don't have to go there. You can't be blamed for something you weren't aware of that you were even doing. How could you be blamed? You didn't know. But once you become aware, at that point, if you listen to this and you choose not to do it, well, now for the first time in your life, you can be blamed. If you go, this is wrong, no, I'm not going to do that. Well, the consequences from this day forward and the destruction in your relationship with your children, that you are responsible for from today forward, not today back. So make the choice. I'm going to choose my kids. I'm going to become an expert in this because it's the right thing to do for me and my kids. All right. Number six, how they parent is none of your business. That's a tough one because we think that, you know, this is dangerous and that is dangerous and this is crazy and oh my God. And, you know, we're calling the police and child services and yelling and screaming at our friends and telling our kids, oh my God, they should never let you do that. That's so wrong. Oh, uh, but you need to tell me. The next time they do that, you need to call me and tell me because I'll come over and grab you myself. I'll never let that happen again. 
None of your business. None of your business. I know that's tough to hear. Now, a life-threatening threatening situation, pulling a gun, but most things aren't life-threatening. It's, again, that codependent thing of you feel they might possibly get hurt, like Joey was outside riding his bike without his helmet. Okay, yes, something, something could have happened. But in the grand scheme of things, all of us grew up without helmets. Like, we got bumps and bruises, and it's quite possible something could happen to Joey. Like, I'm not mitigating that. But that's not something to cause World War III over. And it's none of your business. He, gets to, he or she gets to decide if that's okay. And that's a difficult piece in this, is we want to control it. We want them to parent the way we do. We have to let that go. It's no longer any of our business. And to mitigate that is... When the kids are with us, because how that what, what will also happen is one one of the parents might be more lenient and let them get away with stuff or have you know there are different rules. Both houses have different rules, right? They see things as you know is is you're over here saying that's really dangerous. They're over here saying what you're doing is dangerous, and you're like, who cares? It goes both ways. So. The key to remember is this, whenever your kids are like, well, that's not how we do it at dad's house. We get to do this. <coughs> or mom, <clears throat> mom lets us go to bed later. The response is simple. I love that you get to do that at mom's house. That's wonderful. But these are the rules here. And I know it's tough on you. It's difficult having two sets of rules. I can see that would be confusing. Do you want to talk about that? Like, tell me how confusing that is. That's how you handle it. You turn it into empathy. Put yourself in their shoes. They're trying to bounce between two worlds that are completely different. Listen to them. Have a conversation with them. Tell me about how difficult it is and what you'd like to see different. Yeah, I know you'd like, that I, you'd like me to let you stay up as long as you want like dad does, but that, that doesn't work for me. I, to me, this is the rule here. And you don't disparage dad for letting that happen. Just go, we just disagree. We see things differently. And that's normal, son. That's normal, honey, daughter, whatever it is. You're going to have that in life. So this is a great opportunity for you to learn how to handle different things and to move between them. So what advantages can you see, Joey, of being able to learn these two different ways? That's how you handle it. Turn everything into a question. Let them figure it out. Don't disparage the ex. Don't try and control it. Don't try and correct them. Empathize with your kid's struggle. Hear it out. And then ask them a question and see if they can find a solution to how they can handle how chaotic it is for them. Remember, the umbilical cord, that's feeding them. By doing that, I'm feeding them. I'm loving them. I'm not stripping it from them. When we're saying bad things about the ex and controlling all of that, we're stripping the child. We're trying to get our child to make us feel better. All right? We don't want to do that. We love our kids. Okay. Finally, the last one. This will be difficult for a lot of people to hear. Um, now, this will vary depending on age. But in that first one to three years, if you're with a new partner, they shouldn't be a parent to them at all. They shouldn't set rules. They shouldn't set guidelines. They shouldn't enforce discipline. Nothing. Nothing. They're just in an advisor friend role. Everything gets passed through. Mom, you know, hey. Um, they break a rule. Well, when your mom gets home, 
I'll let her know and see what she wants to do. But until then, you know, I think what I've heard her say in the past is this is what you need to do. Because you'd set up with your spouse or who you're living with, say, look, because it's not healthy for the kids for me to take that parent role yet. There's no trust. There's no connection. It, it's really abusive to demand. Well, I'm the new sheriff in town and I'm the new bride. I'm the new husband and I'm the boss and you're not going to disparage me and treat me as though I don't matter. Like that's so immature and so codependent. And so, yeah, that's, that's very damaging. And so you sit with, your spouse or partner and say, look, we need to come up with a catchphrase and we need to let the kids know that when I observe something that doesn't work, like something they're always supposed to do in response to that. So that this, and then we sit the kids down and go, look, Lisa here is new and she's not going to be your parent. She's just, you know, she's here as a, as someone I love. And in time, we hope, there's a close connection here, but there are times where you're going to be alone with her. And, you know, it's, it's also her job to keep you safe. But when, when she notices something that goes against the rules I've set, here's what we're going to do about that. Because Lisa's not going to correct you or punish you or anything like that. I will handle those things myself. But here's what I need from you kids. When this happens and Lisa asks you to go do X, I need you to do it and I'll deal with it when I get home. Okay, that's how you handle it. Now, especially, you know, you have teenage kids like don't be a parent. You're just a friend. Like, I know that's tough to hear. And a lot of people like, you know, they want the respect of I'm a parent. Well, just think of that. You're 25, 35, 45, 55 years old and you demand the respect of a teenager. Like, do you hear how immature that is? Because we gain respect through our actions and by the way we carry ourselves, not because we demand it, because now I have this new role. Only a child would do that. And so to demand that, you're, you're basically showing your, your child how to be immature. Well, I thought we want to grow them into an immature adult. And so that demand that they recognize me, why do, I need an, why do I need validation from a child? That's a reflection on me. Now, I know that may be tough to hear if, if this is new to you. And I, I'm not trying to disparage you. It's just an understanding. We don't talk about this stuff. So again, it's not your bad. There's nothing wrong with you. It's all new information. But that's the reality is you're demanding respect from a child which makes you a child and, and we're the adult. And, and so we can look at this from a different perspective of, wait a minute. Yeah, I am the adult and, and I earn my respect by the way I carry myself. And one of the best ways to carry myself is to not demand respect from a child, but to show respect. That's how we do it. Okay. So there are the seven tips to help you with a toxic or difficult ex. Remember, the single greatest key is the only person, the only thing you can control in any of this is yourself. That's it. If you keep the focus here on these seven tips and how you execute the seven tips, that's the best way to navigate this situation.
That's the best thing for your child as well. And after all, isn't that what we all want? To be the most loving, kind, and perfectly imperfect parents for our children. Stick with those seven steps, those seven solutions, and you'll accomplish that.